We are in Doctrine and Covenants section 136. And the interesting thing as I prepared for this, the thought that came as I was studying is, do, could you see this being the same as our council in heaven? Could you see the same direction, the same guidance, the same um, warnings, the same uh, admonitions coming before we ever came to the earth? And all of a sudden, as I studied it with that in mind, I thought, oh my goodness, I bet it was a lot the same. And one of the sweetest things was to think in verse 3, or in verse 2, I think it is, it talks about that those who journey will be organized in companies with a covenant and a promise to keep the commandments and statutes of the Lord our God. And I really could see us covenanting before we came here to find the church and to obey the word of God, to be led to Christ, to do all we could to obey what we have of him. And I love in conferences, they talk about when we teach other people, we are just reminding them, bringing to their remembrance what they've already known their whole life. And so I love this thought, or before we came, I mean, I love this thought that that would be something we covenanted to do before we ever came, especially those of us who had the blessing of coming to homes where the gospel was taught and known. And I love in verse 4, it emphasizes that we will walk in the ordinances of the Lord. And later it goes on to talk about that we will seek to build to build him and to honor our covenants and to keep our pledges with God. And I love that. What a great thing to think that maybe we did that before we came. That makes so much sense to me. I also love that it talks in being organized. And as it talked about being organized, I could see this us being organized before we came. And when it talks about being you know, companies organized with captains of hundreds, fifties, and tens, I thought that's pretty much what families are. We're organized in that. And we come under this head of the direction of the 12 and also a president who reports to God, but he is the president to the world, not to our church. And so I could see that being the way we were organized and that we all would agree that that would be a great way to be organized. Okay, I love that it t constantly talks about our focus being on those who will come after us and preparing for them, and also um, that those who go before have prepared for us. And I just think it's amazing that the focus in all of these verses is constantly on others and the good of Zion. It's never a focus just on ourselves. And in fact, it says in verse 19, if any man shall seek to build up himself and seek not my counsel, he shall have no power and his folly will be manifest. And I love that because it's constantly this, um, in your companies, we, were, we will have an equal share. Prepare for those in verse six that tarry, that will be staying behind for helping others, but also prepare for those to come. And choose you a sufficient number of able-bodied expert men to take teams and seeds and farming and to go as pioneers to prepare the way. Bear an equal portion of the widows, the fatherless, the poor, that there won't be a company of those in need. We'll divide that up so that every company takes care and we're all going to go together. 
And we're going to do this for the good of all. And verse 10, I love this. Um, Let every man use all his influence and property to remove this people to the place located as the stake of Zion. That's everything. That's the law of consecration. To remember, we're just stewards. It's all God's. So I love that. And we, I'm sure had a perfect understanding that we were coming to earth and that everything we would have here is God's, that we would be stewards and that we would use our time. I could see us in my mind's eye covenanting to do all that we could to bless all of God's family, to bless all his children, and especially those of us as members of the church who knew how fortunate. I'm sure we volunteered and were felt so lucky to get to come in this position, but knew that was with the opportunity to bless the lives of others, that we would be stewards and that we would use all of our energy to bless the lives of others, to bring them to that same blessing and knowledge that we had. Okay. Um, I love in verse 11, it says, and if you do this with a pure heart and all faithfulness, you shall be blessed. You will be blessed in your flocks, your herds, your fields, your houses, and in your families, because that's blessing all of God's family and the entire church. And I thought of Elder um, Wilcox's, Brother Wilcox's, Elder Wilcox now, Brad Wilcox, who gave that talk in conference, and, and he stressed twice, those who strive so to do, not It isn't a church for perfect people. It's a church of people who are striving to follow God and who want to bless all of our father's family. And so I love that. Okay, in verse 17, I love that it tells him them not to fear your enemies. They don't have power to stop my work. And the thought that came is, man, they've done a pretty good job of chasing them from place to place. But guess what? Their numbers are still growing. The church is still growing. They have not stopped the work. So it may not be the definition you have in mind. It may not be having the affluence and the and the progress and the prosperity that you have in mind, but it's still growing. And it's all about God's timing. And in 18, it says that it will be redeemed in my time, my own time. Okay, um, I love... If you go down, it compares him to Moses. Think about how I helped them. Do not fear. I will do it for Moses and his people. It also talks about um, don't contend. Do not spell, speak evil. Edify one another. It even says don't, don't drink. Cease drunkenness. But it's those striving. It's making them one. They all want to follow God and come and build Zion. And so you can tell by these verses, these are not perfect people. It's just people exactly as Brad Wilcox said, striving so to do, striving to follow God. Love that. Okay, 21. Um, oh yeah, we did that. Um, cease from comparison and, and pointing out what others are doing that you wouldn't do. Edify, lift each other up and, and praise and build each other. Okay. Then I love, again, if you go to 28, it talks about praise the Lord with singing, music, dancing. There is something in gratitude that is healing and looking for the good. We know this is a sorrowful situation. We know it's hard. We know it's a challenge. So praise God. Sing and dance. Let's make each other happy. Let's edify one another. And then I love that he acknowledges 
if you are sorrowful, call on the Lord with supplication that your that your soul might be joyful. He knows there are hard things. He knows there is sadness. So what is the answer to that? Pray. Pray to God and he will help you lift your heart. Look for the good. Okay. Um, fear not your enemies. Again, they are in my hands. Again, leave that to God. That is his job to judge. Our job is just to move forward. Okay. 31 goes with 37, and this is just so huge. My people will be tried in all things. And what is huge about that is it says, and he that will not bear chastisement is not worthy of my kingdom. And then go to 37. Therefore, marvel not at these things, for ye are not yet pure. You cannot yet bear my glory. His goal is for us to come and dwell with him and live with him. We are not there. There is further refining. There are further things that have to happen. Trust that his goal is our goal. And he knows how to get us there. The winds blew furiously, the brother of Jared's barges, because he was trying to move them to the promised land as quickly as he could. I'm sure that year in those barges smelled horrid. I'm sure it was awful. I'm sure they prayed so many times, just help me endure this, not knowing. And what a gift. God was so kind to not tell them it would be a year. But the wind blew furiously. So do not doubt where God is moving you and how quickly he's taking you there. It is for our good that he wants us there. Okay, 42, be diligent in keeping all my commandments. So that goes with those first verses. Lest judgment come upon you and your faith fail you and your enemies triumph. So if we keep the commandments, our enemies will not triumph. At least if we're striving so to do. He gives us the enabling power and he gives us the ability and walks with us and helps us do it. And his goal is for, to get us there. It does not mean we won't have trials. It does not mean we won't have adversity. It just means that his goal is our goal. And that is life with him forever. And I loved thinking of that, reading that and thinking of, I bet that's exactly what our council was before we came here. It was just really fun to read and go, I bet it was a lot the same. And I do love that as it talked about being diligent and not that for the good of the company, that needs to be our focus here too. It does seem in COVID I have pulled so much into myself and worried about me, myself, and my family. And, and Satan wins when we do that, when we're not out there looking for the good of the whole. And Christmas is just a great opportunity to look around and look, what can we do for others? How can I get out of myself and be aware of, of others and be a good steward? It's so much better than thinking about myself and what I lack, what I don't have, what I'm doing wrong. But if we focus on what we can do and all God is doing and how we can be instruments in his hands to drive us all to Zion, to bring us all where we want to be, and that is with God. And to remember the covenants we've made, to strive to be obedient in all that we do and repent quickly. I loved that thought in my head. I hope you know the church is true. And more than that, I hope you know how much our Savior loves you.